If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right. Well, it is over. Finally, this shenanigan is over, this Democratic convention, and we'll talk about it today. I want to share something that my six-year-old daughter asked me last night that was borderline ingenious, brilliant, without her even knowing it, uh, as this thing was getting kicked off last night. But this thing is finally over. We've gone through four nights of this. It culminated last night with Joe Biden accepting the nomination. There was a chance Joe Biden was, in the minds of those involved in the convention itself, fingers crossed, and maybe he would have told them he wasn't going to take the nomination. Who knows? With some of the things we've heard coming from Joe Biden's mouth, maybe he would have told the Democratic convention that you lying dog-faced pony soldiers, I don't accept your nomination. Sit down, fat. (laughs) That might have come out of his mouth as well. He might have taken to the stage. He actually was on stage last night, on stage in front of a bunch of cars in a parking lot, so to speak, outside outside of a building, socially distanced, and if they weren't, they they wore masks. Which I guarantee, they walk backstage. You you really think, do you think, in all sincerity, that when the cameras were off, that Biden and Jill and his wife and and, um, um, Kamala Harris and her husband, you think they socially distanced the whole time when the cameras were off? I find this incredibly hard to believe. But anyway, I mean, he, he might have stood up there last night. We know that Kamala, Kamala has... Heritage, her her mother's from India. I mean, Biden could have last night, for all we knew, and I think fingers were crossed in the Democrat Party. Biden might have said something like, you know, I was surprised to hear that Kamala's mother uh, was, you know, in the medical profession. I would have assumed, I'm just telling you what the things Biden might have said. Fingers were crossed until this went off last night. He didn't have any major gaffes. It wasn't good, but, you know, the bar was set so low that no major gaffes happened. But, I mean, I could see Biden going back to something he said in 2000 and whatever, 2006 maybe. He might have said, I would have assumed her mother would have been an owner of a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts because he said, and I'm just telling you what he said, you can't go into a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts without a slight Indian accent. 
I'm serious, he said. That's We've played that clip as well. So they got through last night with any of that stuff, but it still wasn't good, and they know it. Um, I would say that the highlight of this whole thing, this whole four-day shenanigan for the left, for the left, not for the sane world. I would say that the highlights were, and not in no particular order, would have been Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, the video leading up to Joe Biden's speech last night. Those were the high points. Of course, you, you throw in the radical leftists, and they would have said the uh, the Communist Manifesto we heard from AOC might have been the high point. But th- those were the high points. Those were the high points, and it just wasn't good. And they know this, but I, I will say this. The video they put together last night for Joe Biden, it was well done. It, it was it was well done. It was, you know, the whole thing was about trying to make you think how good of a guy Joe Biden was. In fact, there was a part of the video that showed that Joe, back, remember Joe, he was, he's told us about this, was a lifeguard at a city pool in Wilmington, Delaware in the 1960s. And, I mean, they showed it, and I think they even showed maybe a, or had a, had a quote from someone. I thought for a moment, folks. I thought for a moment the legend of Corn Pop was going to be added to. It wasn't Corn Pop, uh, but they did find someone, I think. I think I remember seeing that. There's a lot of information and, and stuff we were subjected to last night. But those were the highlights of this whole thing over the, from their perspective, from their perspective during this, this whole week. And I would say, look, there were, there were things that, again, trying to put on my superficial hat and look at this the way that the left does – there were some moments where they had some superficial connections. But I, I don't think that there was one moment where there was anything substantive that was helpful because that's just not what this was about. That's not, A, what the Democratic Party is about. B, that's not what this convention was about. This convention was to introduce Joe Biden to the American people, a guy who's been in D.C. for nearly half a century. It was it was the point of this thing was to reintroduce or to introduce this guy and make him look like he's going to run Obama's third term to make it look like he's going to, you know, save us from Trump. He's really he's a nice guy. This is what they this is what they wanted you to walk away with if you subjected yourself to the four nights of this. Joe Biden's a nice, nice old man. Good, good, decent human being. I heard that a lot. A very decent man. It's a very, very high praise, I guess. That's the best thing they could come up with, but very decent man. In fact, last night we were sitting there as they started the video. They they spoke to his, uh, to four, I don't know if he has more than four, but to four of his granddaughters. And they were all sitting there and they were, I don't know how old they were. One of them, I think, had just graduated college or is. So probably in their 20s or around there. And one of them, they were talking about how their you know grandpa calls them every day and he would answer his call no matter when you called him as well. Just, you know, wanted to sound like this guy he cares. In fact, I saw a tweet from David Axelrod, and I don't know if this was said by somebody. This might have slipped past me. Maybe this was David Axelrod's commentary, but he said, David Axelrod, and it goes along with this story the girls were telling his granddaughters were telling about him answering phone calls, but he actually said, 
David Axelrod or someone, he quoted this, that Biden, let me make sure I get this right. Biden cares, here it is, Joe cares more about you than he cares about himself. Anybody out there believe that? Hey, this might be true of some really high quality people around people that they that they personally know. They've given their life, you know, some parents, you know, would give their life for their child. There could be an instance where someone could say to a really about a really noble parent or I don't know, a spouse maybe that this person cares more about his children, her children than he he or she cares about himself or herself, that's possible. But the idea that Joe cares more about you than you care about yourself is candidly offensive. That's just not the way human nature works. By the way, if this is true, which of course I am 100% certain that this is not true, but if this, was, if this is true, they finally have found the communists have finally found their benevolent dictator. See, this is what they said. They've been looking apparently for a guy like Joe. Apparently, they've been looking for a guy like Joe to run the communist wing of, well, there's communist party in America. There's the communist wing in the Democratic Party, whatever. They finally found their benevolent dictator. This is what I was told by my professors in college. This was the, the missing piece the missing piece that would have made everything with communism fall into place. So maybe for those radicals that look at it through that perspective, through that lens, and listen to AOC's speech that definitely made Karl Marx and Vladimir Lenin very proud. But if they heard that, then maybe they found their long-awaited, benevolent dictator. So to go along with this narrative, they brought their granddaughters up, and the granddaughters said, he, you know, Grandpa or whatever they call him, will answer answer any time you call him. And one of them even made the, the the statement, even if it's during a speech. And my son was watching this with me. He's eleven. He looked at me and he said, "Well, that's not true." And I said, "You know, buddy, I don't. You know, I don't want to. These are his granddaughters. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't sound true. Like." If he got a call right now, I mean, do we think he's going to answer? I mean, there's a part of me that says maybe, right? I mean, that maybe they took his phone away. That's probably more likely the case, especially when it's that late. He's prone to saying things that don't make a lot of sense. He's prone to do things like challenge the president of the United States to a push-up contest or a 50-yard dash or a timed mile run or some such thing when he's prone to calling people in the audience, even supporters— lying, dog-faced, pony soldiers, whenever he's apt to find someone who challenges him in a town hall meeting, someone asks him a question, challenges him on something, on a position, he calls them fat. and some very, very loving, good-natured, very decent man that does stuff like that. But anyway, this was the, the point of this. And I'm going to tell you that this, this is going to be their high point. There's not going to be along this path. There's going to be ads, of course. There's going to be, I mean, they've got him out of the basement now. There's no putting the genie back in the bottle here. This thing is out and open, and they are crossing their fingers for the next whatever it is, 70-some days. They are praying and hoping that this is how this, uh, that they're able to navigate this. And so this was designed 
This was designed to make Joe just look like a nice old man. After watching his speech, after watching this introduction video, after watching four nights of them go onto the stage, all I know is this. This is all I know. They hate Trump. They're ready to elect anyone but Trump. The person who fills the gap of who anyone is on their ticket in their minds is Joe Biden. Well, they think that we should vote for Joe Biden because he's not Trump and because he's a good old man and he's decent. Even though that, that narrative is going to quickly come under assault. It already has by Trump. And, you know, they, they've presented him as such. And now we're supposed to just accept it. And, uh, but, but that's not how this is going to work. Trump's going to go. Trump's already going after this, this narrative. But I don't remember, and I did, I watched almost wire to wire the main part, you know, the, the, the primetime stuff or the main stuff. In fact, each night it seemed like there were less and less speakers that they were airing. I had to listen more and more. I watched it on ABC every night. I like to – I know somebody think I'm crazy, but I like I liked to hear the crazy that we're up against. I like to hear the things that people like Terry Moran and uh, – what's the other? I'm, I'm drawing a blank on another journalist. Of course, George Stephanopoulos, but there's another so-called journalist. Um, I can see it. Carl. Jonathan Carl, I think is his name. Maybe the biggest hack of them all, if I'm being honest. But anyway, I love listening to how what they what they tell us we just saw. Because at the end of the thing last night, when they were wrapping it up, I think Jonathan Carl said, this was the speech of Joe Biden's lifetime. This speech just shattered his world. I mean, it's delusional, folks. Delusional. He said here, this was... The speech of his life, best speech he's ever uh, ever given. He basically rose to the occasion. He met the challenge. And by that, what they really mean is he didn't say anything so ridiculous that there's going to be sound bites and tweets about this in the next five seconds. That's basically what it means. The point of this was to get through this without any major gaffe or snafu. And I would say to that degree or to, to that point, I would say they – I hesitate because the whole thing was was what my experience is with, you know, the post – well, the COVID world that we live in and the additional reliance we've had on technology like Zoom. And I'm not picking on Zoom here, but I don't think I've ever been on a Zoom call where everything's worked as planned. I'll be on a Zoom call here. At the end of this uh, end of this program today, we do our prayer meeting. I have a prayer team that meets, and we go through some stuff, and we we pray. Three tremendous human beings that are on that call that call that are committed followers of Jesus. And every time, I'm telling you, something goes wrong. And I've shared a little bit. That's what this felt like. But they didn't have any moment where Biden said something like, you know, he didn't comment on Kamala's. Indian or his maybe her mother's Indian accent as he did in 2006 with whatever he was trying to communicate with that <laughs> with his stupid answer back then can't go into a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent I'm serious he said he's serious about that good decent man that says stuff like that good decent man that challenges reporters to IQ test to see who's smarter good decent man that steals and plagiarizes speeches 
from other political leaders, I mean verbatim, back in the 1980s when he ran for president the first time. This is his third attempt now. It's funny how when they talk about that now, it's all centered around praise. But I want to say, so I, at the very beginning, I mentioned what my six-year-old daughter, she she was watching a little tiny smidgen of this before she went to bed. She was I didn't even really know she was paying attention, if I'm being honest. And she asked me a question that I want you to think about how you would answer, because I'm going to talk about this next segment. She said to me, Dad, is this real? Now, at first, it's kind of, you know, you kind of chuckle because you're like, well, of course it's real. But then I think, is it? Was anything I saw over the past four nights real? And what's the best way to answer her question? I told her it was a profound question. She didn't even realize that. Doesn't even really know what profound is. But that is a good question for all of us to ask ourselves. Is this real? So I'll talk about that after this quick break you're listening to conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back in just a minute welcome back so i want to talk briefly about what my six-year-old daughter stumbled into she stumbled into this Last night as she was watching the convention. Now, she didn't stay up and watch the whole thing. Don't think that we're terrible. Her mother would not have allowed that for certain. Her father may have. I'll just be honest with you. But so she's laying there again. She's six, six and a half. Let's say six and a half. And she looks at me and just very quietly, very innocently asks, Dad, is this real? Now, to frame this properly she asked that about a lot of things and i think what she's really asking me is dad is what we're watching a scripted program or is it something that's you know like a reality tv which you know they'll they'll watch things like uh, the kids baking championships and that sort of thing and i think she's trying to understand when or for example if 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 it's someone who's an actor and they're playing a role like she doesn't always understand, you know, someone might be, say, married on the show, but that's married in the pretend world of television. So she's asking it from that perspective. Dad, is this real? But in my mind, it came across as a much more profound question. Dad, is this Democrat national convention real? And on the one hand, unfortunately, the answer absolutely is yes. They are really nominating Joe Biden for president of the United States. They are really presenting their argument as to why people should vote for Joe Biden in this particular manner. They are really trotting some of these radicals out to the microphones, to the video. Elizabeth Warren, my cousin Liz, she's got the BLM letters behind her in the blocks. BLM, just by happen chance, of course. We've got AOC out there talking about Things that would make her communist comrades quite proud, Marx and Lenin and the rest. We have a whole four nights, four nights. I defy you. Like, what is the platform? You have to go dig to find what this is. The whole argument for why Biden should be elected, 
is that he's not Trump. And they would they put a little icing on there by saying he's a nice old man. He's a good, decent human being. That's it. That's what we learned after four nights of this. How terrible. There was some, some Trump hit pieces in there. Barack Obama went after him pretty hard. Michelle Obama went after him in the second half of her speech. Not pretty hard. Others did as well. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, of course. I mean, we, we had we had that, but and Joe Biden was was told to be firm, but this the speech, it just wasn't. In fact, they were playing sound bites of Trump last night responding basically, or yesterday in Scranton, PA, going to the you know, the one of uh well what Biden calls his his hometown. Trump goes there on the day that Biden's accepting the nomination. I love this, by the way. He goes right into right into the you know, where it all began, right there to the heart of the story. And, of course, that's the story that they told. But it's not a – there wasn't anything about the vision for America. The vision for America is their stupid little slogan, build better – what is it? Build, build back better. I knew there were three words in there, like better business bureau. Build back better. Again – what does that mean? Specifically, we don't know. They just the, the point of the slogan is Trump's burn it down and we're going to remake it. Biden's going to lead us. He's going to help us make an economy that works for everybody, of course, with the direction of people in his party like AOC, who believes that there's nothing that the Democrat Party cannot control and make better in your life. They'll have top-down control of every aspect of the economy. We'll be marching towards and directly into democratic socialism. People applaud that. Everything will be free. Everything will be free. You'll be able to have every desire of your heart, no matter the cost, whenever you want it, because they're going to build back better. Biden, the most decent human being, we're told effectively, that has ever walked this planet, He'll answer, don't give him your cell phone number, I was told, because he'll call you. I almost want to put this to the test. I almost just want to tweet. Of course, I wouldn't do this. But part of me wants to tweet my cell phone number to see. Will Biden call it? I mean, it just sounds like the guy's just sitting over there. Who can I cheer up today? Who can I, who can I, you know, who can I reach out to just randomly in this world and just make their day a little bit better? Because we're all in this together. Because Joe cares, as David Axelrod, and I don't know if Axelrod was quoting himself or someone else. Joe cares more about you than you care about yourself. That's what they're telling us. This is the point of this convention. So to my daughter's question, my six-and-a-half-year-old daughter's question, which is more profound, more accurate, it's one that, you know what, I'd love to see the media ask this. Was this real? Of course they want you to think it's real. Of course they want you to fawn over it, the... This, this is the best speech that Biden's ever given, the speech of his life. You know, I heard, I think it was Jonathan Carl saying that I have watched this politician for many years and he's given lots of speeches and blah, 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 blah. And this thing last night was the best of his life. Folks, I'm telling you, if that's the best, we are sitting right now on the summit, on the peak of where their campaign's going to go. And it's only going to be able to go down from here because they've built this not on anything. It is not real on, another's, on another level, perhaps the more fundamental level. To answer my daughter's question, on the one hand, yes, it is real. They're really doing these things. They're really nominating this guy. They're really going through this dog and pony show. This is how they're going to present him. 
We still know nothing about really what he wants to do except for fix what Trump's done. We don't know how specifically. We just know he's not Trump. He's a nice old man. He's very decent. And that's enough, apparently. There was a video done over the the story of Joe Biden's life, which was well done. But that's not it. I told my son last night. You know, it's, it's some of this stuff is very tragic that Joe Biden went through. But those aren't reasons to vote for or against somebody. The story, the story that of Joe Biden's life is is quite touching and very sad. And there's nothing wrong with empathizing and sympathizing with that, but we should none of none of us should be confused and conflated between sympathizing and being human and trying to understand and relate to tragedy, which has been a big part of, of Joe Biden's life. Losing a wife, having two sons were in the accident that his wife passed away in, and then later in life losing an adult son to brain cancer not that long ago, what, four, I don't know, four or so years ago. It's terrible stuff, terrible. And they made this, the, the video focused on those things. And again, it was well done. It The point was to you know connect people to this guy and, connect on an emotional level and it did that but i still don't know what the guy i mean i do know because i pay attention but they didn't clearly announce and clearly state what they wanted to do so in another sense when my daughter asked dad is this real the question is on another level no nothing we've been told and i'm not saying that they lied about i'm not saying they lied about the story don't misunderstand my point but on a very fundamental level not this wasn't real. This was to present America's first virtual candidate in a simulated campaign in a certain way that didn't actually talk about any of his specific actions, the things that I mean he's gonna come in day one, he told us, and fix COVID. I don't know. He didn't make it clear if that means that cancer, diabetes, and Alzheimer's moves to night number two. Is that or is he, does he do COVID before lunch day one? You got your inauguration address in there. I guess you you accept the nomin or the 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 office early January of twenty twenty one. You do that in the what around midday or late morning or whatever it is. Then you immediately go to do you go to COVID next? Fix that real quick. Then you go to maybe maybe he gets all four of these done in the first day. I don't know. And he's got the economy to fix, which he's gonna do. Doesn't tell us how. Just tells us that his vision for the American economy is, you know, for everyone to have all the money that they want and to be able to buy the things that they need and have a have a life. A job, he said multiple occasions, is is not just about money. A job is about dignity and all this stuff. And I don't disagree with that. But what does that mean? What are we voting for if we vote for Joe? What what's what's he for? So on another level. I can look at my daughter and say, no, it's not. It's not real. Because in a real world with real ideas and real solutions, you don't just simply do it like this. You present your ideas. You make your case. You don't simply try to connect emotionally and have no no substance. It's not enough. The tragedies are real. The tragedies are heart-wrenching, folks. They are. Joe Biden's experiences, losing a wife, losing a, a son— Horrible. 
sad. I mean, it, it, it even as I'm thinking about the video, it, it hits it hits me now, and that's sad. But it is not any re- has nothing to do with whether or not this guy is president of the United States. It's not just who has gone through the most tragedy. It's not any of that stuff. Those things can make us. Those things can can shape us in ways. But explain to me how they've shaped you. Explain to me what you're going to do. And they didn't do that. So in that sense, this was not real. This was just to make you think Joe's a certain person. He's not Trump. He's a good old man, decent human being. Got to vote for him because Trump's burning America down. That's where they left this thing. And in that sense, to answer my daughter's question, no, no, young lady, none of this is real, but yet they are presenting it as though it is. I got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So, so the question is, now what? Now what happens? Democrats have gotten their four nights of smoke and mirrors <laughs> under, uh, under their belts. There might be. There might be a bump in polling. We don't know. I don't know. They're, they're not expecting it. At least that's where they're setting the expectation. They're setting the ex- expectation to be nothing is going to happen here. Ratings for this thing were, what, over half? They they decreased by over 50%. Nobody's watching this. They're out there trying to give explanations to that. Well, you know, it's you know, it's just a difficult you know, time to try to, to do a convention, and it loses the energy. I accept a part of that. I accept a part of that, but I don't accept all of that. Then they say, well, you know, we've got... The NBA and baseball and all these folks that are suffering loss in, in viewers. Okay, well, I wonder why that's the case. Could it have something to do? Could they be related? Could people be tired of a particular political message? I sure hope so. I do hope so, that that is the case. I hope that Americans are sick of this. I hope that Americans are sick of... The identity politics. I hope Americans are sick of personality politics, meaning it's just about how much you hate Trump. Folks, I had this program streams hour number two on on YouTube. And, you know, I begin to get more, um, you know, the, the more that we grow, the more I run into people who are just – I don't know. They have different viewpoints. That's fine. But they're people that just can't stand that I have mine. And I was called yesterday a name that I don't even know if I go back in time. And I'm thinking back in my days, you know, growing up and playing sports. I was called <laughs> in in this note or whatever, this this comment from this uh, this very, very lovable, friendly member of the all-loving radical left. By the way, it's no longer to me just the radical left. It's the radical, immoral left. They've created a scenario in their minds whereby they say, we oppose Donald Trump. Trump is immoral. If you support Trump, we hate you. 
We hate you. We'll call you names. <laughs> it's, it just makes me laugh because it's so stupid. It's so petty. Call me and that was just it. There was a name in the comment, and then it said hashtag wrong Trump. It was he was responding to my commentary on how immoral it was for people to be calling for the death. Remember we talked about this on Monday, I believe. Trump's brother passed away over the weekend, and the radical immoral left came up with a hashtag to basically say, we want the other Trump, we wish that the other Trump would have died. They're literally saying on social media, their hashtag, even though this history will rewrite this, I've already come to grips with this, in five years, if you go through someone's Twitter feed or whatever, and you find hashtag wrong Trump, they're going to tell you this hashtag means something else. It means Trump was wrong about something, or we elected the wrong Trump, maybe we should have elected Ivanka. It doesn't even matter. Barron... Whatever nonsensical rewriting of history they can come up with, they will. But this hashtag, the hashtag was designed to say that the wrong Trump died. That's the whole point of the hashtag. And so the, the, the comment was calling me a name, which I'm still, as I think about this, it just makes me laugh. And then it says hashtag wrong Trump. So they double down. They double down the radical immoral left. They believe so much that Trump is Satan incarnate that anything they have – they believe that they are fighting just like the colonists fought against tyranny and oppression to get liberty. They believe or they've convinced themselves to believe or they've been led to believe. I don't even know if believe is the right word. They've been led by hatred to concoct that this is the moral high ground, to cheer for – the president's death. That's what that is. Wrong Trump. The wrong Trump died. How insensitive, by the way, from the, the party that always tells us that conservatism is heartless and all this sort of stuff. Of course, they're not consistent because this is not an ideology that comes from thought. It's an ideology that comes from emotion and feeling and hatred being stirred up. I think there's something fundamentally wrong with this particular worldview in lots of ways. I do. I think fundamentally it's flawed greatly. I think fundamentally, fundamentally it itself is immoral. Socialism is not moral. It's not moral. It's not taking the moral high ground to steal from someone to give to someone else. That's not to say that there's no reasonable ground to say that we can have you know money taken from us in the form of taxation to provide the basic limited functions of our government. But we are well beyond that, folks. If you don't want to pay for someone's college education, you are a racist or you're using your privilege. I actually listened last night. Speaking of privilege, I listened to one of these jokers. Forget who it was. Can't I think it was uh, Cory Booker talking about voting. If you don't vote, they were, they were lecturing the Democrats indirectly. They were having a conversation, just you know, the, the dozen of them or whatever it was. And Cory Booker says, hey, if you don't vote, you're actually – you know, you're taking comfort in your privilege because some people, it costs them. Their, I mean, basically, they said it costs you your life to vote. That's what they said. This goes into the whole post office thing we talked about yesterday. Trump's waging a war, attacking the integrity of our elections. I mean, it's the total opposite of what they were saying back in 2016. They said Trump was being a crybaby when he said the election was rigged and that was dangerous for our, for our system of government to even say those things. 
And so this is, I mean, so what happens next? You're going to hear more of these people, their campaign, or their, their strategy is to attack and hate Trump. It's not going to be to build upon their ideas. They didn't present one idea. The idea was vote for someone who's not Trump. Anyway, quick time out. Come back and wrap up. You're listening to hour number one. Hour number two, we've got more to go. But first hour, I'm going to wrap up here next segment, listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. I can definitely see that some Democrats after last night might be on a bit of a political high. They might be thinking, man, we've got the right guy. Not again, not because of substance, because of because of the video, because they contrasted him as basically not Trump. But but I'm telling you, there's there's going to be this is an emotional peak. This is an emotional peak. Next week, the Republicans get to respond. It's a it's an advantage to respond. It's an advantage to go last. I jokingly said, half jokingly, that we might over the weekend. Science might come out with a surprise, you know, uh, scientific finding over the weekend that watching something like a convention can be dangerous for average Americans. We might hear that. We might hear. That even with social distancing and mask wearing or whatever else, that these conventions are very, very dangerous. And that might be all the commentators talk about next week. And no one on the left is going to find anything hypocritical about that. They won't even remember that the Democrats had their convention this week. But my point is, is that they're at their political high point right now. And they know it. Oh, folks, they know it. They, they are building this thing up to be as much as they can make it be. Because they know that this is the high point. And they might, folks, I'm just going to tell you, they might be able to, to defend their ground or whatever enough to make it so that, God forbid, Biden wins the presidency. This is going to be close, and it's going to come down to certain states. I'm not going to be one that dances here and says that Republicans got this because Trump's clearly the better candidate, which, he, of course, he is. And his ideas are dramatic. What he's doing is dramatically better than what Biden will do. But that's not what this is going to be about for a lot of people, unfortunately. But anyway, got to wrap up here. Um, take a break. Come back and wrap up hour number one. But no, uh, never fear. Hour two will be on YouTube. You can catch that here as well. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Stage is set. They have made their case to the American people. Well, those that decided to tune in. They are at their political high point. And now, now the real battle begins. And as you know, as I've said on here, buckle up for what we're about to what we're about to embark upon here. Because I think that this will make 2016 look like a walk in the park. When this is all said and done. So what happens next? We'll talk more about this next hour, which you can catch on YouTube. 
the Todd Huff Show. Just go to YouTube, go for the Todd Huff Show, and we'll be there here in the next few minutes. Guys, have a great weekend. Thanks so much for listening. SDG. See you soon. Take care.